I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Okay, we are going. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, God. This is almost the end of season one. We're, we're there. It's a we, thing. We did this. We did a thing. You thought I was crazy. Well, you still think it did. I still think it is. Let's not. Let's not say that I'm not. Because okay. But hey, we did this, and I'm excited because especially uh, this chunk that we had this last week, I have, I have, I got questions. I got things to discuss with you. I have a really interesting theory, which is like the first thing that I that I the first note that I have actually that I have not heard explored anywhere, and is probably just like nowhere and nothing, but. I oh, I'm into it and I want to like delve into it one day probably not well I want to talk about it today but I won't like research it today obviously <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too I was like I should look this up and I didn't um but I do want to like start recapping a little bit back in the back the previous week just so everybody knows where we're at and sometimes it helps me to remember yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah, like yeah, I yeah. Told you where we're at so like the last thing we had was yeah it was odd that Harry decided in this moment that Hermione should go back get Ron, get out, get an owl to Dumbledore. Like, that's where it ended for us. And then it was him descending down, again, a mysterious set of fucking staircases. <laughs> I mean, that's actually I... my my little oh, conspiracy I the theory. Bat. I wrote off the bat. I said, I'm sorry, this staircase. And I am going to do a screenshot on our Instagram of just like, what what is, is okay so yeah that was my first thing before i could even like take a single note on the scene is what the fuck are these staircases okay please let me well, know if you have a i'm looking at them right now uh because oh. i i actually have it paused on that exact scene <laughs> nice and i was looking at them and at first i was like why are there two sets of stairs and yes. then i was like what kind of a badass theory is this and okay. somebody's probably already done it because there are far more brilliant people that have looked at these in <laughs> much yeah. more detail than I ever have, uh, we ever have. But is it possible that there is more than one path to the stone? Like, is there more than one access point? Are there, like, another set of trials that, like, we only saw like a direct path from point A to point B. Is it possible that this is actually like a freaking labyrinth? Shit. With like multiple routes that could get you to the stone. I mean, that would explain why there are two different staircases that are coming down. I don't know. I'm really Shit. into this like that, crazy okay. theory that will probably never be able to be confirmed, but I love it. No, I'm not mad at that because if you think about it, do you think the teachers were like, oh, shit, I got to go tweak my enchantment. Let me go through every single enchantment to get down there. They probably had a side route they could go down, go to their direct challenge that they had because, okay, say, oh, shit, the chess pieces actually killed people. Oops, got to fix that. Like <laughs> They had to go down. But... Or or even he even says, um, Quirrell, when he's freaking out, he goes, he headed me off to the third floor. He didn't say at the trap door. He didn't say through the trapdoor. He said at the third floor, he tried to cut me off. So maybe he was going the back route to get to these challenges too. That's true. But I guess now that we're saying that, like if that were the case, wouldn't he have taken another route on this night? We don't know where it is. But we do because he had been in those places prior to them being there. No, I mean, we don't know where the other entrance could be. Maybe it's at the third floor and a side door. 
Maybe it's behind Fluffy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to build your theory here because I'm I know, not, I'm not I know, and now that you're now that you're agreeing with me, I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. No, I'm not <laughs> mad at this at all because you're right. Like, why why would it make sense? Like, Dumbledore would be like, okay, let me go drop my old ass body through a trap door to get to these challenges. There's probably other routes to it, but then again, that begs the question: Where is this fucking chamber of fucking enchantments? It's just like accessed? this. It's this magical place. That's where I'm... That's, that's what we have to like, just... There's no, like, actual legitimate <laughs> no. architecture behind no. this. We have to just let that lie because, again, if you try to think about it, the stairs, the vaulted ceilings, the windows, like, none of it makes any fucking sense. Literally, my next, my next note is so much moonlight. They've been going downstairs <laughs> for 20 minutes. <laughs> where is it coming from? <laughs> Again, the lighting in this movie is fantastic. Doesn't matter where you are, it's going to light up the scene just how you want it. You are drenched oh, in moonlight. Christ. And honestly, oh, I kind of want to, like, I stand. I want to live like that. Like, <laughs> Look at my lighting today. I look sickly. Look at I look beautiful. best in dim lighting. So, like, give me, like, a waning gibbous any day. <laughs> so he, okay, so he leaves Hermione. He's coming, I just said, Harry continues to descend down the stairs, this enormous set of stairs, begins rubbing his forehead where a scar is hurting him. Again, right off the bat, where are they? But anyway, we kind of covered that. Um, it was pretty cute little acting as he approached and stammered, You? No, I can't be. Snape. <laughs> like, he kind of does a little convincing little job here. Um, um, am I the only one who's kind of like weirdly attracted to this quirrel? Like... I like oh queerness him. you big I'm strong not... man you like he's, suddenly when he doesn't have a stutter and he's like speaking with his man voice i'm like oh my he's he's almost attractive i'll give you that i'm not gonna say i'm attractive fuck you you you've got some weird issues I like <laughs> <villain>. <laughs> yes i will always be attracted to the villain what can i say uh a quirrell, he does. He gets like all authorita authoritative. He goes, yes, he does seem the type, doesn't he? And he uses his affect of compared to poor stuttering, stuttering Professor Quirrell. Um, I said, I'm sorry. He gets into a really villainous monologue explanation here of how Snape was actually trying to protect Harry at the Quidditch match by break, but uh, couldn't achieve it because he was breaking Quirrell's eye contact. I hate the way yeah. he said that. This, I mean, this is total like classic. To quote The Incredibles, like he, he caught him monologuing. Yes. And, like, in the book, it even talks about how, like, Harry gets to a point when he realizes he just has to get Quirrell's focus off of the mirror. Like, whatever he does, that's the only thing that he can do is to keep him from focusing on the mirror. Yeah. And we'll talk about this, but I don't feel like Harry's, like, adequately emoting here what he should be. He's just kind of patiently listening. <laughs> yeah. With, like, a little freaked out look. We'll, we'll get to that soon, but I just said, uh said a, a little bit of overacting here when he said i knew you were a danger to me right right from the off especially after halloween is that he has kind of a pouty performance here complaining that snape suspected him and rarely left him alone but he doesn't understand i'm never alone i'm <laughs> like never alone so pouty i love the way that he says that he is very like oh shit okay you're a character in these moments i'm never alone <laughs> girl said, but then i looked at him i said maybe it was his creepy mouth in the forbidden forest so, okay. Yeah, or am I on crack? Because all of a sudden I was like, I don't know. Maybe it really was his dumb, creepy face. It looks rounder, though. It didn't look as pointy like his chin kind of is. So when, I and I know we're getting, this. I know that we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. 
but when he takes the turban off, it's it's funny that you, <laughs> you had the exact opposite thought because he takes the turban off and I go, oh, maybe it was Voldemort's mouth. And so... <laughs> but now you're coming to my side. Of like, yeah, maybe it we're switching sides. <laughs> but I did look it up in the text and Voldemort specifically says that Quirrell drinks the unicorn blood for him. For him. Oh, okay. Yes. Huh. All right. Um... He says he sees himself in the mirror with the stone, which I looked it up to. He says in the book, presenting it to my master. He doesn't in the movie. Yes. He just says, I see myself with the stone. You're um, right about that. Which I said, which led me to think for a second, doesn't he want this for Voldy? So wouldn't his intentions be just like Harry? He just wants to find the stone but not use the stone? But then I looked it up on like a Reddit thing where they said, actually, no, he would have to use it to bring Voldemort back to power. So technically, right, yes, in order to present to it to him. It. Oh, that's fair. That's a good observation. I didn't know that until now. I do call him Voldy, by the way, a lot. Um, <laughs> yes, it's become my new shortcut for him. Oh, you too? Okay, I'm Voldy and Dumby. I don't know why. And then Harry's just HP. Um, I said I did not love the echoing, creepy whisper of Voldy head when he tells <gasps> Quirrell to use the boy. And it, like, echoes through the chamber, right? Oh, I love it, though. <laughs> okay, here's why. Here's why. the poop out of me. <laughs> the voice really fits for me. Yes. Um, this, like, whispered, unsupported speech that, like, kind yes. of reflects and suggests that he doesn't have a body of his own. Like It sounds th- hoarse and tired, sort of. Yeah, it sounds weak. parasitic. Like, it's... Ah. It's leeching right. off of. I, I thought that that was. I thought that that was an, a very good choice. I didn't love it because I think Harry, Harry and I had the same reaction. We were both looking around like, where the fuck did that just come from? <laughs> <laughs> um, I said, "Come here, Pata." When he said, "Use the boy," I said, "So rude." I said, "Harry has been quietly listening to you this whole time. You don't have to summon him." Because he does summon him, that's the implication anyway, he summons him, like, magically. And then Harry walks stiffly and comically forward <laughs> with his hands down on his sides. It's like, what do I do with my arms? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt like, it's like, I get this must be, like, a magic moment, but it just felt kind of silly. Uh, I said, so far he's been listening to you, don't you yell at him. Anyway, mirror Harry Potter is creepy. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. <laughs> I was like, why is Mirror Harry Potter hitting on real world Harry Potter? (laughs) And so I also looked this up, and it actually does say in the text that his reflection winks at him. And I buy that, but I just feel like in this moment, I'm like, it's weird. (laughs) It was very like Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he's a little too confident for my liking. Yeah. Like, I. And then. Oh, I guess I right. Okay, I was just thinking like, um, and Quirrell can see this. No, he can't. He can't actually see what Harry sees in the mirror. That's right. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, doesn't he see him like winking? Okay, no, he doesn't. Uh, he lies, says he's won like the house cup. Um, Voldemort demands to talk to him. Quirrell says he's not strong enough, but he says he's strong enough for this. Um, and then we get the creepy unwrapping scene, mm-hmm. which I didn't love. Unwraps what do we? Turban slowly, and Bullyface pops out. <laughs> Right. How did we? How do we feel? What do we think of the Valdi reveal? Good, because I have notes. I have a question for you. I said, do you remember those old metal like boxes that had like those metal like like posts? You push your face. Yes, in? I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> I guess it was like a toy, but it was a weird fucking toy, yep. like impression thing. That's the first thing I thought of when he like pokes out <laughs> of his head. I was like, oh god. Oh, Kids yeah. today have no idea what you're talking about. I need to find a name for this toy. <laughs> There's probably a um, name for it. 
but yeah, just like an impression of his face pops out. And I had questions too at the beginning. I was like, wait, is his face always in the back of his? Oh no, it pops out. So it can't always be. Cause I'm like, wouldn't it be really uncomfortable? You hear somebody breathing on the back of your head. So for all the youths listening, um, apparently it's called pin art or uh, a pinpoint toy. Mm. These were the kind of things we had to play with in the 90s, okay? Like, <laughs> I feel like they were in offices. Look it up. Office. You're welcome. <laughs> they almost like those fucking balls, those metallic balls that would just thing on it, like swing on a pendulum. Yes, inertia like, balls. Yeah, like what, the, what was the point of this fucking toy? It was not a great toy. And yet, that's the only thing that we could think of to do with it is pop our fucking faces through it and make an impression. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it was just, yeah. I see those, those you know, flashback BuzzFeed articles about, like, millennials and shit where they're stabbing erasers with pencils or, like, with a lead pencil shot. I'm like, <laughs> we were bored. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh. We didn't have a cell phone to look at at all times when life got dull. <laughs> right. I, so I, I don't know. I'm still of the opinion that he is back there all the time because otherwise, why does he have to be wearing a turban? No, my theory is different. My theory. Well, yeah, I have the theory that he can pop out at any time, but I feel like he's there kind of in a, cause he seemed to struggle to get out of the back of his head. Like it takes, uh, I always he said, took he goes, that you're as not like... strong en- he said, you're not strong enough for this. So I feel like when he actually has to emerge from his head, he's, he needs to be stronger for that interesting because so, he does he kind of like struggles like it looks like almost hands are like pushing back the little bald creepy gross ass back of his head then he kind of pops See, out of it like he's emerging i always took it as like hi my face has been bandaged for weeks let me like stretch <laughs> we'd have to look at it real close again but yeah that was my first theory was like oh god he's always back there but i'm like mm, how can he breathe with a turban back there like, he doesn't have to breathe I know, but I feel like you, you, (laughs) (laughs) no, I like your theory. It's interesting. We don't know. I feel like he's probably back there in some sense at all times, but I feel like to fully emerge like he did, because it did look like he struggled, but all of a sudden he was there talking to Harry with like a solid face. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I thought, by the way, I thought to myself too, CGI group, by the way, listening 20 years later, I'm sure to this podcast, why not have him why not have him keep struggling to like emerge to talk to Harry so we don't actually get like a full facial effect so that when we do finally cast Voldemort later we don't we don't have a real frame of reference <laughs> they push this guy's face out and all I can think goes well that's not Ray Fiennes like that's not him but yeah I don't know choice. that never bothered that never bothered me because like he was supposed to now. be so incredibly like disfigured that he uh... was unrecognizable and like i don't know i guess i always kind of read it as the like struggle of him returning to human form like of course he's not going to look how he did when he died all right whereas like to me this makes me like that always to me was like the representation of how he looked when he went to godric's hollow on the night that harry's parents died whereas like when he returns like his body has been through so many like horrifying different modifications Mm -hmm. that yeah i don't know i this is what's left kind of he even says this is what i'm reduced to or whatever like i think i okay you're absolutely right because yeah this is like what he is now but like it's not what he's going to come back as because even coming back as he's not fully what he used to look like right 
Okay. okay. I don't know. I was I was definitely sufficiently spooked by this as a kiddo. Um, as an adult. Like, well, as an adult. <laughs> the Goblet of Fire version is definitely closer to like what I had in my head in the description. I would have really liked to actually see red eyes at some point. His eyes are a little bit red in like at a couple of points in this scene, but like that's something that's continually referred to. Yes. As and something that they just like decided not to do. Like it, it's like Harry's eyes being blue instead of green. They were just like, mm, we're not going to make his eyes red. It's fine. But I don't know. I think it's a solid bit of CGI. Yeah, especially no, when compared to like a few of the other moments. Um, well, I'm gonna do what I did last week. I, I rescind my note. I rescind it. What? <laughs> Which note? Just saying that they should have like not made him defined. You're right because it's fine if we did make him kind of an oddly or different looking face this time because we can. It's just him right now as a parasite. So. It's weird. It is weird. Uh, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote metal boxes stick face into question mark. Um, <laughs> metal in pin this, art. <laughs> in this moment, I did write. I, he is a skilled legilimens, which we talked about a little bit with Snape. But Snape is like good at reading minds. Well, uh, Voldemort's even way better at this. So even like at his weakest, he could still read Harry's thoughts. Which yeah. I didn't think about until now. It's like, oh, that's why he knows Harry's fucking lying. Um, I said, also, we just love a bad guy monologue here because then Voldemort picks it up next. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's also it to, you know, piggyback onto what you were just saying. It's also very revealing of his skills as a legilimens because not only is he able to tell that Harry's lying and that the stone is, in fact, in his pocket, but he knows, like, what buttons to push. He knows, mm-hmm. like, do you want to see your parents again? Yeah. Like, and it's just. He has these feeding off of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. It's creepy um, and awesome. I said, now Voldyhead, which is <laughs> what I'm going to continue calling. Voldyhead explains that this is what he's become, a mere parasite living off another. It explains that uniform blood can just sustain him. It's like something that can give him a body of his own that lies conveniently in your pocket. I said, okay, here, Harry looks properly freaked out. Yes. It's kind of like he's politely listening until, like, this moment. that he's like, oh, shit, he knows. Like, that that was what I was waiting for was, like, the terror of, like, hey, not only are you trapped down here with a teacher that you thought was cool, but you are now talking to Voldemort in the back of his fucking head. <laughs> like, yes, now you're upset because, oh, BT Dubs, he knows you're lying. Which I feel like that was a great theme for movies when we were growing up. It's like people would know a kid was lying magically. <laughs> and I was like, oh. It's very telling of the millennial development, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? This is why we can't lie about anything. Is like, no. No. That is. It's like a common theme in some nineties. Oh, we'll have to delve into that at some point. But like, it's a common theme of like, even like Hocus Pocus. Like they knew that they weren't. Like sometimes they know like they're not. You're not protected. You're alone. We know that you don't have the power. We don't. Know well, you I don't, don't like have. it. I don't no, like it. <laughs> it's really like an uneasy feeling, which I'm saying is like finally like Harry in this moment's like, oh, I don't like this. I'm like, yeah, I don't like it either. Run, kid. <laughs> run, you little bastard. <laughs> run, finally. As get us out of here. Harry Potter turns to run. Is it this point where I was like, oh yeah, Harry Potter turns to run. I said, finally. And Voldemort snarl, snarls, stop him. Voldyhead turns and the camera closes back in on Quirrell, which I've never noticed until I like kind of slowed him down and watched it. When 
okay, uh, Voldyhead kind of looks. He goes, stop him! He turns his head. Like he's weird. looking at Quirrell. You saw that too? I was like, what yeah. the fuck? I'm like, why? Okay, cool. I, it, it makes sense for the for the camera's motion, because like, then the camera zooms back to, by the way, front of Quirrell. But I'm like, he... So this whole time, <laughs> so this whole time it's been his reflection talking to Harry. Now his reflection would like to talk to his own head that he's inside of. It was it was odd. Um, stop him! I said the camera closes back in on Quirrell, who snaps his fingers and makes flames appear. I said to Corey's point, no wand. Right, I, that's literally my note right here. Like Quirrell's <laughs> wandless magic with the flames is impressive. Um, but on that note, I said also I buy this now because of that trivia we read. The other week about Quirrell, when he has Voldemort possessing him, technically has some of Voldemort's powers. Yeah. And he's already a very powerful wizard in his own right. Like, I know, so I know that the flames aren't in the books. In the books, he actually binds Harry in ropes. Oh, shit. Forgot about that. Um, obviously, this was the much more exciting choice cinematically. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I forget that he really is incredibly powerful because he's painted as such a cretin like such a like yeah powerless like sniveling little Easily. yeah um but then oh, we have really? these like tiny little glimpses of how yeah okay actually you're <laughs> kind of a badass <laughs> i said however is it just because voldemort is now popped out of his head <laughs> yeah entirely possible maybe only when he's popped out then it's <laughs> I like my popped out theory. Just yeah, that. we're just gonna, it's forever gonna be known as the pop out theory from now on. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so I did say, uh, this is what I thought I had written earlier, but no, it's now. Harry does like a semi dance move looking for a way out. <laughs> Tell me you saw this. Like, mm, to, like, I did not notice this, but that's funny to think about that you're like, you're circled by flames. Hmm. You know what I should do? One step left, one step right. Guess I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm stuck. He does like a weird, like a little crossover leg, crossover leg thing. He's like, mm, done. I guess I'm uh, trapped. I'm like, I, I'm, all right. This uh, is where I die. <laughs> uh, Voldy head asks to that he join him. Harry Potter shouts dramatically, never! Uh, <laughs> Voldy pulls this messed up move of asking if he wants to see his parents again. Question for you. Is this Harry Potter just seeing them in the mirror at this moment? Or is Voldemort doing this? I think Voldemort's doing it. I thought so too, because I was for them to all of a sudden, like, hey, you want to see them again? Let's be happy. Right? Yeah, I think it's totally Voldemort just messing with his mind. I said, and we brought back the theme a little bit. We brought back the Harry Potter. Yes. That whole shit, yeah. I said, with sad theme under it. So you see Harry contemplate his options with a stone in his hand, but as Voldy tells him, there is no good and evil. There's only power, and those too weak to seek it. Together, we'll do extraordinary things. Just give me the stone! I said, now, was this a callback to Ollivander a little bit? Oh, interesting. He says, He did great things. things. Terrible, but great, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really keen observation. But yeah, I, I think it really is. Went, oh shit, yeah. Ollivander said that you did, you know, great things. Terrible, but great. We'll do extraordinary things. Yeah, you consider them that because they are magically extraordinary, but they're horrific. And again, is this something that he pulled from Harry? Because how would he necessarily know that Ollivander said that about him? Right. It just, like, it was a weird moment of, like, recognition of, like, huh. Like, didn't he also say, like, 
Oh, no, sorry, not extraordinary in that moment. He said, great, but terrible. He says, we should expect extraordinary things from you, Harry. So when Voldemort's offering, we'll do extraordinary things, he kind of has a signal of like, okay, but I don't want to be that kind of extraordinary that Creepy Ollivander told me I should be part of. Creepy Ollivander. (laughs) We have a whole episode on that if you want to go back. back No, go back and listen to it because... We're we both. said things that are controversial and need to be needed to be said. So, <laughs> like, I'm you're welcome. <laughs> um. So, uh, I so said when parents faded from the mirror, hells and yells, "You liar!" Because I think that kind <laughs> of I, I feel like it's a twofold trigger: extraordinary and the, the parents fade away. Of like, no, fuck you. Like, this is a lie. Yeah. For um, sure. Stone falls out of Harry's hand when Quirrell flies across the room with his hand outstretched, grips around his neck. I said, "I'm sorry. This does not hurt him." I. What's the theory a, here? Do we know? I mean, it does say in the book that he like tackles him and he's like sitting mm. on top of him. Uh, I don't. But why? Why can't he touch the skin here? He shouldn't have been able to. Like the the this it kind of gives the implication that he's only affected by the magic in Harry's skin when Harry is touching him as opposed to when he's touching Harry. Um, I don't think it reads that way in the book personally. Yeah. Um, in fact, I feel like in the book, when he touches it, like, him, it does scald him then. Yeah. It's like, and he's Harry pinning him down on the ground and he is like choking him or whatever, but then he pulls his hands away yes. because his, he realizes his Harry hands realizes are burning. And starts to grab him. Yes. Yes. That's what I thought, but we'll skip past that because whatever. I'm sure there's a lot about it on the intranets. Um, Harry grabs his hand and smoke appears as his hand crumbles. He yells, what is this magic? Okay, I love that Harry, though, <laughs> I have a lot on this, but I'm like, Harry very quickly goes, oh, my hands, I'm going to kill this guy. It goes right for his face. Yep. <laughs> now, <laughs> like, what kid is like, oh, cool, magic powers, die! <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like a very instant reaction of he's like, ah, both hands on your face. Um, I also just don't quite understand why Quirrell keeps going at Harry without his wand. Yeah. When, like, he's already lost his hand, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark style. Well, because Goldie like, yells at him, get yeah, that stone. That's true. He's like, yeah, and I guess, your hands. <laughs> I guess in the book, like, again, he's still sitting on, like, still pinning Harry down. Mm. And he reaches for his wand to kill him. And that's when oh. Harry, like, grabs his face um, to push him off of him. But, yeah, it just seems so funny that he's like, one hand has been reduced to ash, but here's my other hand! <laughs> this one's sure to work. <laughs> You're right. Like, oh, well, this one's come, but I'm sure this one's going to work out. Dumb. As I, my next note is, um, Harry, again, does not seem traumatized enough by this. But we'll no, to that. Like you literally reduced a man to ash and you're just like, meh. I'm <laughs> All sorry. In a day. Like, if I slapped my sister too hard at that age, I'd be, like, horrified. I'd feel terrible. This kid just <laughs> legit killed a dude. Okay. Um, yep. He picks yep. up the stone after <laughs> after Quirrell's motherfucking dead on the floor. Uh, picks up the stone as Casper Voldy forms behind him. <laughs> okay. Like... What are our thoughts on the like little vapor flying away thing? I have so many questions. Like, I, okay, I get, okay, in theory, I get this because we saw it in book five when 
Voldemort kind of reforms in the sand and becomes like a version of himself, like Sand Voldy. Great. I get that he has to like reform because he's still stronger than the parasite, the thing that he was sucking onto. I get that. What's the purpose of him flying through Harry? Exactly. And screaming one last time? Like to knock him unconscious? I don't, what, I don't what? know. What's like, it? I. What are we doing here? I really feel like it's more. I, I, I see your connection to the fifth film. I, my assumption is that it was added to make it clear that Voldemort is not like dead and gone, and yes. to like reinforce the idea that Which like I feel like we could have done it a different way. We could have done this. He forms as a ghost, takes little ghost creepy hands like this, like he has little baby kind of ghost hands, and he reaches <laughs> for Harry, but he can't because he's not enough of a fucking person or an entity yet. And he goes, Wah! and then he just like he leaves. Yeah, because I don't. He can't I don't... touch him. Like, that would have been better than, that. I'm going to go through you. I didn't even need that. Voldemort, or excuse me, Dumbledore explains in the next scene that he's not dead and gone forever. So it's like, this was, uh, I don't know. Maybe there were other places we could have used that CGI money. <laughs> like the fucking troll. Oh, no. I We won't get into it, but yes. Oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll get into it. No, um, I feel like in the book, he just passes out. Like, he yeah, just, like, Harry the exertion out. of it, he just passes out. I feel like this was, like, a, an excuse to, like, get him to pass out fine. But like I said, it could have been, it could have been he finally, like, sat back. Okay, he's exhausted by his whole killing Quirrell with his fucking hands. He sits back, and all of a sudden, Voldy comes at him. And like I said, can't quite reach him because he doesn't have any powers to actually affect this kid. And then all of a sudden, he just disappears in the vapor, and then Harry passes out. I would have taken that. I would have taken that just fine. I'm like, okay, Harry's finally exhausted by everything that just happened to him and the final could have been showdown of him and Voldy knocks out the last of his energy and he passes out. Fine. I did not need the running through sad CGI <laughs> Casper through his body. I didn't need that. Yeah, and then he like flies away up the stairs and it's like, okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye then. We'll see you next movie. Bye. <laughs> Why is this a thing? I don't know. I'm trying to complain less and like point out the things that I really because I love these movies, and I feel like it's really easy for us to like fixate on the things that are like this was so stupid. <laughs> and so I'm we trying do... to be better about that. Well, we do love these. My thing too is like I've taken all these at face value. I'm like yeah, that makes sense. I'm like now when I actually sit down, I'm like wait, why would he <laughs> run through Harry for what? No, we're allowed to be assholes. That's the best podcast. We're allowed to be assholes. Yes. But, and we, we, we embrace that um, label. But we can also revel in the next scene because I'm really happy to get to that. Yes, same. Okay. Next scene, Harry wakes up in the hospital wing. Beautiful. I love the hospital wing. It's very calming, peaceful. I like the little moving portraits in the background. I like that the moving portraits in the background are even hospital scenes. There's a nurse <laughs> taking care of somebody. Like However, did you notice room. at like one point the paintings stopped moving? Yes. <laughs> I Okay, and I wondered about that too. I'm like, you know, I guess we probably don't have the budget or the wherewithal to think, oh, you know what? They should actually leave the scene and then we'll just leave the canvas blank. That's yeah. fine. But again, it's back to that whole inconsistencies with portraits for yeah. a while. So we'll let, we'll let that one lie. I... I just, I'm sorry, I, I adore this scene in the hospital wing so, like, for so many reasons. Yeah. It's just so delightful. Richard is the absolute, absolute embodiment of Dumbledore. In this scene especially. I do love this. He's got that, like, 
my god you're old but also you could be either like 70 or 238 years old like nobody's really sure but has the childishness that he's relatable to yes like he's got this mild and measured demeanor i love him r.i.p like i know honey and this whole like just the relationship between them this portrayal of dumbledore as a father or grandfather figure Mm -hmm. to harry like it makes me so happy because like Harry has never known anyone to even give a shit about him. And you can feel I'm projecting now because let's be real. An 11 year old wasn't acting this much at this point, but like you can feel that yearning for that connection. Yes. Um, especially for him, especially for anybody that age, you like somebody that was authoritative and older that like assured you everything was okay. Um, and had the wisdom and had the, the caring too like i even liked i wrote a note in a, in a couple of minutes but i was like when he bought when he eats candy he's like oh cool you cool you eat candy yeah like <laughs> he's so like great endearing traits yeah he's got this childlike spirit yes that it just and i understand why this happens but like he he changes pretty drastically as as the scenes or as the movies continue and it's like he's got this like lovely display of again youthful spirit and and i know that that the first movie and the first book is like the most whimsical and child friendly and it gets progressively darker from there um but it kind of bums me out that we don't see this side of dumbledore anymore at all in the films like this is the last time we kind of see him being this silly yeah from this point on he's like all serious all the time there are examples of it happening in the book like the thing that comes to mind is the year that there are only like 12 students at hogwarts for christmas and so like they sit around a table together and he ends up wearing like a bonnet like it's so like that is like that spirit of dumbledore that gets completely lost in the films Mm mm-hmm well, I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about that in later films too. Like, I don't love Dumbledore's um, almost Ron-like role. Mm. Like later movies, he kind of does a little bit of a. I bet you're wondering why. So I'll tell you. But you're wondering why. So I'll tell you. I'm like, cool. You could just be Dumbledore and be kind of cryptic, but like, tell me what's what's up, dude. Like, yeah. I I didn't I we don't love him as much. Let's just say we love him a ton in these movies. He's very accurate to what we want in these movies. Okay. Let's just let that lie and be sad about it forever. Um, (laughs) For forever. For forever. It's fine. I did say... (laughs) So, uh, Harry wakes up in the hospital wing, which is beautiful, and he has these uh, gifts and uh, get well cards that are on the tables all around him. Dumbledore comes drifting in wearing a kick-ass robe. My God, I want this robe. Like, I love everything about it. It looks so comfy as fuck. It's like ornately stitched and it has those big ass sleeves did you see those yeah where's kelly i would like hide so much shit in there <laughs> like, do you have to wear underwear when you wear robes like is that a requirement <laughs> i don't know but like because if not i'm on board like are there no pants and no underwear like do i just get to wear a robe <laughs> and that's Ooh. socially acceptable in public like fuck yes sign me up no um Something I didn't mention in the prior scenes, too, like, and I knew I shouldn't have, like, given a shit about this, and I shouldn't have, like, focused on this, but even Quirrell, as he's trying to kill Harry, I'm like, kind of a cool costume. It's, he kind of looked like a badass. I kind of, like, loved the costume in this moment. I'm like, yeah, this feels like a, a Wizarding World where it's kind of, it's, it's, it's 
zipped up. He's got a tie. He's got a God structure to it, but like, and there's like a billowing robe, but like his, even his tweed sleeves were really nice and like detailed. I'm like, damn, like they did a good job with these fucking costumes. And then when he shatters, <laughs> when he like, but like, like shatters as a ash person, I'm like, oh, dang, that's a cute outfit. Okay. Mm. <laughs> oh. Harry, but you anyway. should take that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that wrong that Harry should be like, can I, I mean, who's going to use this? Um, but yeah, I think I think they probably did some cleanup there where they had to just get rid of him. Um, he probably had like Voldy remnants on him. Voldy be gone. <laughs> the new cleaning service from Potter Industries. <laughs> you still have traces of Voldemort's dead body on you. We'll take care of it. Whether ash or slime or body. Twenty-four hour or dry cleaning. <laughs> side business it's actually run by um Mundungus Filch oh no, no. What's his name? Fletcher Fletcher yeah <laughs> he runs this business it's actually money laundering it's a front for what he's doing in the back he's money laundering <laughs> he's running a dry cleaning service <laughs> he'll take in your clothes <laughs> and he's gonna clean them for you but really his households do it while he's fucking selling his wares in the back laundering wow. did you not watch Breaking Bad actually no Oh, bitch. We have to talk about your TV choices someday. Okay, so Dumbledore comes drifting in that beautiful robe and explains that the gifts are from his admirers for what took place in the dungeons, which is so cute, he says, <laughs> because what happened in the dungeons is a complete secret, so naturally the whole school knows. It's his one-liners. Yes, of like, he knows what's up. Like, I've been doing this for a long time. It's a total secret. So everybody knows. <laughs> like that one. And then he says when he's talking about how Harry got the stone, when he's like, between you and me, that is saying something. Like, yes. God, between pop me. off, Dumby. A smart motherfucker. They did. I have to say they did leave out maybe one of my favorite quotes, my favorite Dumbledore quotes in the entire series. There's only one that I like more than this one. And I'll talk about it when we get to it. Okay. I was going to um, say, I think I have it too. But Wait, this was in the text that was not in the film and it's to the well-organized mind death is but the next great adventure damn you. <laughs> oh it's so good god damn you i have it written because yeah it's a very like he's so authoritative and good in this moment of like listen i know what's up i know what happened everything's okay he reassures harry when harry's like freaking out is like is ron okay is hermione okay he's like yeah yeah they're all fine and also, I talked to the worthful mail. We're going to destroy the stone. And I said, "Book bitch, I want the great line to the well-organized mind. Death is the great enigma." Like he's just—he's very like—he's so—he has a good balance of like talking to kids like they're kids, but also here's the real—he could have been a great therapist. He would have been, <laughs> been a great like, yeah, this is fucked up, but here's what you got to know: you're going to be okay, kid. I think it's really reflective of his view on death, and um, I think it—you know—if you really analyze it it can help you understand his later actions in book six damn and his willingness to be like well this is the, the next, next step oh, this is what's next you. for me i will cry okay we're not talking about that okay one. yep nope okay. next we, anyway uh, moving on get there um so uh dumbledore dumby <laughs> dumby <laughs> explains why harry got the stone that he didn't want to use it um, but he can't fully comfort Harry that Voldemort would never come back, like we talked about. Like, he, he's saying straight up, like, no, I think he could still come back. Um, but he explains that, you know, do you know why he couldn't touch you? Because your mother's love left a mark. 
And Harry takes his mittened hand, I said. <laughs> like, it's so heavily bandaged. He's like, smacks his fucking mitten over his face. Uh, never like that. He got an in to indicate point to a scar. He says, no, 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 it's not a scar. It's inside you. It's what, it's what will protect you. Um, pats him on the head, which is so cute. And gets him to leave, but stops to poke his hand into Harry's candy <laughs> to grab an every, every flavor being, thinking it's toffee. He says, I had an unfortunate <laughs> experience in my youth. I've come across a vomit-flavored one. I think I should be safe with the toffee. Alas, earwax. <laughs> I said, super cute. I said, it probably, again, Harry just probably loved that he was fucking eating candy. He was yeah. old dude, talking to me about life, talking to me about death, talking to me about, like, how I survived. He's making a joke about fucking candy. God, yeah, and, him. like, embraced the prank in it and, like, wasn't yes. upset like an adult would be. He was just like, oh, earwax. <laughs> I got love him. You know what? It could have not been. He could have been just like he could, could have been caramel. And he's like, exactly. He just like caramel. did it to make the kid smile because like doing, how you almost yes. died three days ago. He's doing it to reassure him and like, oh god, I fucking love him. Anyway, so that brings us to the end of this this uh, chunky chunk, which was yeah. good. It was just hard. I was just like, I, again, I didn't think a lot into this scene. I never really have until I looked into it. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, wait, why? Wait, why? Wait, where's his head? Wait, why? <laughs> like, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of questions if you really think about it, but it, it, it does wrap up nicely with Dumbledore going, yo, here's here's why it was the way it was. You're going to be okay, kid. Hey, I'm going to eat a jelly bean and get out. <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice scene wrap up. I liked it. It is. So for you, I have a couple questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. These might not be that original, but I said, what would you share a body with? <laughs> what would you um, parasite share a body with? If I were a parasite, what would I like? Um, no, what did you like about these, this chunky chunk? Um, my like top moment in this chunky chunk <laughs> is... Dumbledore's entrance into the hospital wing because like girl is wearing that hair there's enough hair there to put a drag queen to shame like <laughs> oh I didn't even mention that at one point he's holding the the chocolate frog card that he goes I guess your your friend Ron saved you from opening a chocolate frog he's opening he actually swoops his hair out of the way to open it <laughs> you're so right oh shit okay. oh we knew Dumbledore was a queen in that moment <laughs> all right do you want to know your uh not like moment yes i do i do what, what would you turn into ashes <laughs> what would you what put would your I, better hands on what would i raiders of the lost ark <laughs> um i i don't know that i have one this week you know oh. i thought that these scenes were very well done mm -hmm. and like very much in line with what i saw in my head for the books yeah you know, I guess if I had funny. to pick something, it would be Vapor Voldy. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I just, and, and I don't even, like, hate that. It's just like, okay, we we made a choice there. Um, I sure did. Yeah. It happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, what about you? What are you parasiting? <laughs> um, I'm parasiting the fucking costumes in this one i'm gonna go real shallow like i liked i liked seeing harry's sweater all torn up yes. i was a fan of that and did he have corduroy pants on yes yeah i wasn't probably because again i'm paying attention and actually like looking at details now i'm like oh shit um corel's outfit sick 
uh, Dumbledore's outfit, sick. Loved it. I loved the fucking robe. I loved the details of it. I loved how heavy but like comfy it looked. It looked like silky and satiny on the inside, but heavy. I just I fucking costumes made me really happy. We dig it. I'm here for it. And what would I uh, throw my hands on and burn the flames? <laughs> um, you you took a good one, which is the Casper weird ghost. <laughs> Again, super petty. Harry not looking frightened enough in this moment of like, oh shit, I'm trapped with like an adult who's sharing a bye with another adult. But then his weird dance move. Now it's erupted in flames and you literally, it's like, I think, okay. This is, this is fucked, but like, I think like in a kid horror film, like you're like, like even a kid horror film, like you're looking at exits of like, okay, I could run here. I could grab this to hit somebody. I could do this. He's not doing like really any of that, but it's like the flames erupt and it's like, okay, now he could really fucking try to run. He goes, dance, 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 dance. I'm done. I need to look up this dance. How did I totally miss you this? Need to, it's a very like subtle moment where that I had to rewind. I'm like, am I being an asshole? No, he literally like does like crossover left to his legs, like crosses over, crosses over, done. Stop. That's it. Like that's his whole exit like move. You know what I'm saying? Like there's kids in movies where like, they like, try to run and like a door shuts. They try to run and they're blocked off. They try to run, they trip or something like he just goes trip 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 done. Like it's it's Bye. an odd. I could have used something more like. He was quietly edging to the left or quietly edging to the right. And then the flames erupted. Like, it just didn't feel like enough of an attempt to, like, get the fuck out of there, kid. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was petty, but that was that was where I stood for this little chunk chunk. How's that? I support you. <gasps> Guess what next week is? <gasps> it is the final episode it is the of season one. <laughs> That was a beautiful singing. I really loved it. Thank you. It's the, it's the end, but really, it's just the beginning. If we think it's, about it. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you looked real tired right there. Like, yeah, you're making me do more of this shit. Uh, <laughs> we only have another nine movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all. But, you know, we're going to get to them. And we are going to wrap this goddamn season up next week with the final few minutes there. Oh, oh. And yeah, again, look for the uh, times in our bios. We will tell you what the minutes are. If you don't already know, this one's going to be really easy because it's going to be this chunk till the end. But again, you can look for that yeah. on our Instagram. If yeah, go follow us, us on Instagram. Like stuff. Follow us. Yeah, subscribe, like us. We'll tell you all the shit that's going on. Yeah, follow us. We are at HP Movie Minutes on the Insta. Yeah. And also, like, subscribe and rate the podcast. Yeah. Be like, hey, you guys are great. Like, what's happening in your lives? Or, <laughs> or you guys are real weird, but I'm like, if not you're talking about a thing I know. Oh, it's yeah. Too. Like, we we'll embrace the weird. Tell us how weird you are. Oh, we love that. Join us in our weirdo little, yeah. little landscape. We like weird. Okay, well, I will see your pretty little face next week. Okay, see you so soon. Okay, see you soon. Bye. Bye. I didn't have a cell phone or a TikTok. I love that meme that's like, I'm so glad I didn't have TikTok when I was a kid. I'm like, oh yeah, this shit was recorded. Oh, anyway, oh, I don't want any kind of record of that time of my life. <laughs> I don't even like the fact that I still have albums on Facebook from college. Like, I need to delete that shit, like, now. Um, still? I don't want to talk about it. Um, Put it on an external hard drive and burn it. Burn it. I don't even want it on an external hard drive. I just want to delete it and forget that ever no, happened. No, you want them so somebody can cringe watching our shitty aughts hairstyles. <laughs>
Yeah, the bleach blonde look was not, that was a choice. Chunky highlights. That was a thing that I did. Flippy wavy look. That was Do you remember that? I dyed my hair back in your bathtub. Did you really? Yeah. Do you remember when I went bleach blonde that summer? Like Billy Idol bleach blonde. I probably blocked it out. I hope so. Which And then, Christ, I don't know. (laughs) Summer of crisis. That was a millennial ago. Sort of millennial wow a millennia ago you re-dyed um, it in my bathroom yeah i dyed it back to brown oh is that the one where i had the picture of you in my bedroom that like i kept my phone where i had the little mini fridge in my bedroom probably okay so that was it was your house on harriet street yeah that was fourth year then yeah yeah because yeah. i have a picture of you looking like you do like a fierce face and that was like your cell phone background on my phone oh yeah